Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this week. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And since this is our Thanksgiving show, we are all hopefully having a wonderful time with our families. And I will be doing a little cooking, but we're going to dear friend's home, a dear friend's home. And so I don't have to do the heavy lifting, which is great, but I'll help clean up too. I'm good at that. And I hope you're all having a great time with your family too. This week, boy, do I have a fun show for you guys though. We have Marla Martinson with us and she calls herself the mystical matchmaker. You guys are going to absolutely love, love, love her. She's darling. She's smart. She's fun. She's got great advice. And I'm going to let her tell you about what she does with this matchmaker role. But Marla has authored authored five books. She's a podcaster. She's an energy healer. She's a coach. She lives in LA. She's a cool woman. She's beautiful. She's got, she's the whole package. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's fun. And she does woo woo too, you guys. So Marla, welcome to the show. Woo. Thanks, Julie. Well, oh my gosh, what an introduction. I love it. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, I always think of the movie Fiddler on the Roof. With the matchmaking thing, Mm -hmm. matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. I mean, I would sing it for you, but I think (laughs) I won't sing it because I can't keep hold a tune. (laughs) Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. match. Find Find me a find. Catch me a catch. catch. What do you mean you can't sing? (laughs) Wonderful. And so, in this day and age, I've I've read stories about matchmakers. Uh, usually they're within the context of some kind of a cultural thing. I know there are several cultures that still do that. And it's so fun to meet somebody in America doing it. And so let's start off with, just tell us about you. What? How did you get to this? What do you consider a mystical matchmaker? And how does one become a mystical matchmaker? <laughs> Well, it's a, so I've been a matchmaker now for about 18 years. I cannot believe it coming up on two decades and I'm actually in the process. I've written three memoir and I'm, um, the first one was diary of a Beverly Hills matchmaker chronically in one year of, of my, I used to work in Beverly Hills at this high end matchmaking service. The, 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 uh, the memoir I'm working on now actually discusses this about the, you know, the, the way we change in life. And the first, well, for two decades, my first two decades as an adult, uh, from about from night from 20 to 40 or 19 to 39, 
I was an actress slash waitress. So I, I came to LA from Seattle and I was doing TV commercials and print modeling and all that. And then of course, and acting jobs and our uh, acting lessons and um, dating and marrying the wrong guys and all of this stuff, the drama that you do. And and then I also lived in Chicago in my 30s and did the same thing. And then, uh, but I ended up working in restaurants more than acting. You know, I'd get a couple or two, three jobs a year. And I was just like, I can't. And most of it's very interesting because this whole, you know, I do the coaching and stuff. I know that looking back, if I would have put as much energy as trying to date and find a man as I did uh, into that acting stuff, I probably would, you know, be Meryl Streep or something, you know, <laughs> but I, but I had my priorities all messed up, but you know, that's live and learn in our adventures and all of that. But at 39, my father was dying of, of terminal cancer and I was very close to him. I was living in Chicago. He was in, in uh, Orange County, California. I moved, I rushed to be with him and he passed away very fast, but within a week of me moving back or three days of me moving back, I was just devastated. And there I was this little, you know, I had lost like all this weight. I was like this little skeleton of a thing, you know, uh, and, and I was, uh, I moved, I got a little apartment in Hollywood because I'd lived in Hollywood before and I was all alone and devastated and wasn't working too much. I was doing a little acting and stuff and my money was dwindling. And I said to myself, Marla, you better go get a restaurant job. And I'd sit on my front stoop of my apartment with my little teacup Yorkie and I could not get my butt off that stoop to go apply for a restaurant job. I'm like, I cannot put on a waitress apron one more time. I can't do it. I'd never had one. I never wanted to be a waitress. I was never happy with it, but um, it provided a certain flexibility and income to do the other stuff that I like to do, which was travel and the acting and all of that. But I'm like, there's got to be something else for me. And I'd pray and I'd go to church and light candles and, you know, God, please, I don't know what else I can do, but, you know, all I've studied is acting and French and dance. I mean, what can, what can I do? And uh, my now husband, who I was dating, happened to have a friend who was taking over the management position at a video dating service in LA. And she said, Hey, Marla, I'll hire you, you know, part-time and you can do, uh, uh, the, you be the videographer and do the videos because back then it was those VHS tapes and you'd make a video of the people and then they'd come in and watch it. And, and you can still go on your auditions. And, uh, so I did that. I moved in with my now husband, so I didn't have to pay rent for a little while. And I worked part-time and I thought, you know what, these people, it was very interesting. I liked helping them. I liked hearing their story. Uh, there were people, there was people that would come in that had lost their spouse after 50 years of marriage and to cancer. And I'd sit there and cry with them and try to help them find a new person. And, and then I, I started taking notes because um, I thought, I want to I want to write a book, you know, a dating advice book, because I hear things that, that you know, they tell me in the in interviews for the videos and stuff. So anyway, I kept that, kept some notes on the side. In the meantime, after a year and a half, that didn't uh, work out. There was a problem with the management and stuff. So I left. I answered an ad in in a the Backstage West, which was a um, an actor's uh, magazine. And it said they had gigs and it said talent scout, fun job, Beverly Hills. And I thought, I don't know what that is, but you know, I'll go check it out. My friend, Fran, who was like my mom's age, she was like my, my mother. She goes, don't do it. It's a scam. Don't go. And I says, well, what do you, what do you mean? I said, why not? I, I can check it. Don't, I know it's a scam. And I didn't listen to her. I said, ah, I'm going to go. I walked in. It was a high end matchmaking company, like a millionaire matchmaking company where the men 
had a lot of money and they paid and they, but they wanted gorgeous like goddesses, you know, to go out with, but, but they wanted them for marriage or long-term relationships. So they hired me as a recruiter. So I was recruiting all these beautiful women. They liked my work. So they asked me if I wanted to work in the office. And I said, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm a waitress. I don't work in offices. I don't know how to do this Excel spreadsheets. Or I don't know. I don't know how to work in an office. And they said, no, 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 you don't need those skills. And my people skills uh, and I'm a Gemini, so I'm very, you know, it's communication, it's all of that. So um, my, the skills that I had were perfect for it because I would, you know, c- put people together. I would call people. I would. I didn't need any of those fancy computer skills or anything. And uh, I ended up staying there for seven years. I became the head matchmaker, running the multinational city, you know, enterprise. And and uh, in 2009, I ended with a recession in full swing. Uh, I ended up walking out of the job. It was like a take this job and shove it. It's uh, it's in my second book, Hearts on the Line. If anybody wants to see what happened, it's pr- kind of juicy. But I, I ended up leaving. And my husband, who is very practical and very um, responsible about money and everything, he um, he was like waiting for me at the door when I walked in. It was like dead man walking up to the door. I was like, oh my God. He goes, are you insane in the middle of the recession, leaving a good job in Beverly Hills with your own office and health insurance? What are you thinking? I said, well, I could, I, you know, I had, I couldn't help it. And anyway, I just decided to stay very calm and I, I, you know, prayed and did all my spiritual stuff, you know, um, my meditations and my affirmations. And, and I did apply for some, this is interesting because I applied for some jobs on Craigslist. I mean, they were bad, low paying jobs, $8 an hour, $10 an hour. But I thought just to do something to bring in a little money to get going, they were perfect jobs for me. One was at a youth hostel in Hollywood. I know the area. I speak a few languages. Uh, one was at a little wedding chapel. I thought what could be more perfect? Nobody would call me back. But that's because the universe had something bigger in mind for me. Uh, about three months into it, guys that I'd worked with for seven years, they started tracking me down, the men, the millionaires. And then, what are you doing? I want to work with you. Are you, do you, are you doing anything? Are you matching? And uh, first I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because what if somebody complains? I don't have a boss to refer them to. I don't know what, I've never had my own business. And my husband said, Marla, you know how to do this in your sleep. You can do this. Just do it. And I got up my gumption, went down to Orange County, signed up a guy that was not an easy guy. He was one of the more difficult ones because he was older, he was short, and he was not very good looking. And of course, he wanted the most gorgeous younger women. And I was like, oh my God. And I said, Marla, you're going to have to do it. Your your funds are are almost non-existent. (laughs) And I signed him up, uh, I think for like, I think it was $6,000. And I was on the way home, I had that check and I was like, oh my God, I can, if I'm careful, I can live on this for two or three months. I was like, ah, I was ecstatic. And then I, and then I did it. I, I got the girls because I knew a lot of girls for years and years, got them in the database, you know, for free and built, started building it up. And every month guys started calling me and signing up. And I was so happy. I made more money working on my own in the corner of our apartment in my yoga pants on my own schedule than I did going in every day to Beverly Hills five days a week. And, and, uh, and it's interesting because as I got older, 
uh, I was in my 40s. I was 47 when I left. And as the testosterone probably starts going up when we get older, I started getting resentful of my boss only working four days a week and me having to ask, oh, can I come in late? I need to go get a mammogram or, you know, like like a little kid and only getting two weeks vacation a year. So I started getting kind of resentful. Now, of course, it was his business. He had every right to work only for it. But I realized it was time for me to really step into what I needed to do. And one of my friends who is a spiritual practitioner, she says, Marla, the universe had to pry you out of that job so that you could, you know, fully be what you meant to be. So, you know, I did that and okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blabbing on and on. <laughs> yeah. So Interject. explain what you do. You, you've alluded yes. to it a little bit. How does this differ from, I think some people, and I'm sure you've gotten this over the years, they're saying, so are you running an escort service or what do you, what, you know, what is that? What is it that you're doing? How do you find your clients? How do you find the gals that you match to your clients? Back up a little bit and tell us just so, the nuts yeah, and bolts. So- So matchmaking is pretty popular uh, now. I mean, it's been pretty popular for the past, um, you know, decade or so, or personalized matchmaking where, um, so the, our, we're kind of expensive. I mean, we're in the thousands, right. For a membership because we do all the work. So um, a gentleman, we get a lot of real estate developers, attorneys, surgeons, um, you know, businessmen who will want to find, um, most of our guys are 50 plus. So it's a little older, 50s, 60s, and 70s for us. And maybe they're divorced or whatever. And they'd love to find a partner. They'd love to get remarried or find the love of their life. But they don't want to go on um, match.com or whatever, you know, or any of these sites. They don't have time or they've tried it and it was too exhausting or they just felt like, oh, it's too much work or you know, maybe people weren't, you know, they lied about their age or their height or their weight or whatever. And it's like, oh, I just want this work to be done for, for me. And so they'll hire us. I have a wonderful business partner. Her name's Fredly. She's in San Diego. And so um, they'll sign up and we'll find out all about them. If they're in Southern California, I'll go to their house. I'll see their lifestyle. If they're in another state, uh, we also have a guy in Mexico, but I, I'll FaceTime or Skype and get to know them and then find out what they're looking for. What kind of lady, what areas will they date? What age range, what maybe religion, or are they, you know, do they like horses? Cause the guy has horses or some of them have a plane. Will they go in a small plane? We go all these details and then we search, uh, and hand match everybody. And I even play concierge for them. If they're, you know, I can set up the date, call the restaurant. All they have to do is show up. So it's so great for busy guys. We just have a new couple um, uh, in a relationship now. The guy lives in Philadelphia. The girl's in San Diego. He says, I'm going to jump on a plane and go see her. Well, they're flying back and forth. So um, it's it's just really rewarding. It's really fun. The women, because I was in the business so long, I knew uh, hundreds of women already. And I just contacted them and said, do you want to be in my database? And now women will um, uh, come to me through my website, through reading my books, through my podcast, through their friends, through uh, people I meet. If any, you know, I meet somebody and they say, oh, I have a friend. There's like probably 12 ways people come to me. And the women can be in the database for free. So we do. It is like a headhunter uh, for for men is what we do. Do you do background checks on the men and the women? Do you do you have special requirements that they have to meet before you're? I mean, for just from a safety standpoint, how does that work? How do you handle yeah, that before, part of the equation? 
Yeah, good question. Before we um, sign them up, they have to go through a lot of conversations first with my business partner, Fredley. She's the one who screens them and de uh, determines whether they're a good fit for us. So they'll be sending pictures, they'll be having conversations, they'll be and all of that. And then if we think we're a good fit and they want to sign up, then they meet me. And um, they, you know, a guy who just wants, you know, is not on the up and up is not going to go through all this time and trouble and expense they would probably just go online. So uh, there's occasionally, I'll do a background check if I if a guy, this has happened a lot lately where they'll say like I'm 52 and they're really 62 or they're, they say they're 60 and they're 68. Or, and I can tell and I'm like, I don't want to lie. I'm, I'm honest, you know, um, I'm not going to tell a girl a guy is a decade younger or vice versa. Um, I think everything should be honest. And so um, when I have the suspicions, instead of hurting his ego, I'll just go, you know, do a little digging and find out um, and then deal with that at the time. But, you know, the guys who have a lot of money and they're paying a lot of money for a service tend to want, you know, younger than them women. So that sometimes they think, well, I better fudge about my age if I want to get in that bracket. But that's where the, a lot of the coaching comes in and trying to get people it's a lot of managing expectations too. And, and women can be the same way. They want a rich guy or they want a guy six feet and up, or they want a guy, you know, it, it could be that way too. But, but uh, the mystical part, I started um, really delving into my spiritual uh, journey and practice um, at a deeper level in 2013 with my friend, who, one of my BFFs, her name's Julie, too. And she's a celebrity ghostwriter and lives down the street. And we're really fr good friends. And we started taking classes all over Los Angeles. I wrote my spiritual memoir, The Buddha Made Me Do It, about this adventure. And um, so I started learning crystal healing and energy work. And, and through these energetic attunements, I was able to connect with my angel and, you know, channel it. And then I started learning oracle cards and tarot cards and and I would just have been loving it so much. It, it balances out the shallowness that can be in the world of matchmaking, which is not me. I'm really very down to earth. And, and so it would be kind of tough at times. So I'll sometimes even, you know, give energy treatments to my clients or use my intuition and, and bring that in when I can. Some of the men are open to it, some not. The women are a lot more woo-woo. And so I started doing some fun uh, things like the I was telling you about the love reading where it's an hour of coaching where I'll, you know, look at the cards. I'll maybe channel an angel. I'll um, talk about whatever the woman is dealing with, with dating that she wants to talk about and also maybe do some energy work, balance the chakras and stuff like that. So it's because uh, I just find just talking to people and giving them plain dating advice, you know, this is, you know, don't don't talk about your ex on a date or do it just was getting too. Um, I don't know. It just, I, I, I like to add some magic to everything, I guess, you know, and it was getting a little bit too um, done, mm -hmm. I felt. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, when we first started this conversation, I know that in cultures, matchmaking's been a thing. It's just in what, the last 100, 100 years, maybe mm -hmm. 150 years, where We've gone to the place where we have to meet our soulmate and you date and you do all of that. I mean, it's always been, it, I mean, look at royalty. It was the the merging of powerful families, families right. with assets, families with land, that kind of thing. I had a business partner in one of my companies who was from India. He grew up in 
Bombay. It was called Bombay at the time and Mumbai now. And he and his wife, and they'd been married, gosh, 30 years by the time I met them, they were set up by a matchmaker. And he had two daughters. One was a physician and the other one, I believe, was a physical therapist. The physician met and married somebody on her own. The physical therapist wanted to be set up with somebody. Mm -hmm. And so they went through a matchmaker in India, interestingly enough, who knew several families that had children or grandchildren, grandsons in the U.S. And they found one who had all these educational, you know, wonderful background from an educational and a business standpoint. And she married him and that was 20 years ago. So I know that, that we look at this, perhaps some of us and we think, what? Oh my gosh. You know, that's just for people with money, but it's not necessarily the case. My God, hello, Dolly. That whole movie is all about matchmaking. And, and certainly we talked about Fiddler on the Roof too. So I think it's been around for a long time. How do you think that it has changed over the years? It used to be more about the joining of families. And now is it that your clients are looking for a companion? Are they looking for a wife? Is well, it we, we only um, take on clients who want either a long-term relationship or marriage. We okay. don't have to say they have to get married because some people are 60 or 70 years old. Maybe they've done that. And they just would like to have you know, a, a companion, a love interest of, mm-hmm. you know, so, but many, most of them do want to get married and, and a lot of them want kids or, and we have, have had younger guys. We've had guys in the thirties and forties, but lately the last year or two, it's shifted to really 50 plus. And I do like working with that age range a lot because they really are serious, serious and kind of know more what they want. But what I see is why do we have such a high divorce rate? Why do when people, we match them up or they meet wherever, it doesn't seem to stick because people are mistaking soulmate and perfect match on how hot the other person looks, on looks, on oh. height, on youth, on do they have their, oh, he doesn't have, he's balding. He, I could never be with somebody like that. Or she, her breasts are too small. Or, you know, she, oh no, five, five nine, forget it. So people are really, I was watching on, there's this, this uh, Facebook page and I, something about kids, I can't remember, but it's all these people there. They, this guy interviews people with autism or, or this guy who completely got all burned or different disabilities or different, you know, um, and there's these couples on there that some of them are married couples. I think one had down syndrome, one had autism and what, and these beaut- and this other woman who ha- all her bones break, like she's broken 200 bones, she has some kind of disease. And this other woman, they're a lesbian couple just loved her. Oh, I saw, I looked in her eyes and I just knew it was my partner. And then the woman proposed while she was laying in the hospital bed and they're, they're happy. And I'm looking at these people. I'm thinking, this is, they're going to the essence of the spirit. They're going to the person, the soul. Now I understand humans, we're shallow. You know, we like sparkly things. We like, we get attracted to things, but I think we've shifted so far out of what is, what are, what's the person's qualities, their values, their, um, the core there, it's, they're brushing people off by swiping left or right on based on how someone looks. And if a picture doesn't really turn them on, they, they'll pass. And um, this is what I see as, is the problem now. <laughs> so I think with the arranged marriages, they're really, the families are looking, what are, oh, what's the education? What's the, is it a good family? Do they have good values? Um, 
and then hopefully they'll grow to love each other. But it comes from the other way around, and it seems like those those have a better chance of uh, lasting those relationships because looks don't last. I mean, Hey, I was a 10, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties and now it's like, just don't even show me a mirror, you know, things just change. It's hardly, you know, I mean, it's the way it is, you know, hardly, hardly. Well, and I think too, that your point about that you prefer to work with an older client, perhaps they've been down that road and they understand okay, there really is more to life than just a pretty face. Do you find that the men who are older that you're saying you're enjoying working with are more along those mindsets than the younger women who are looking for a partner? Or do you find that there's much difference between the sexes when it comes to that? You mentioned the word shallow or something. <laughs> well, you, you know, know. We, we are. I just, you know, we have a shallowness. Of course, it's just the way, it's just the way. And it, well, see, men... As I'm sure people are listening, they they know that men are visual. So in order for a man to get sexually excited, he has to like what he sees to get an erection. He has to like, you know, it's that's the way it is. So that's the the issue there. It's biological. Whereas a woman, it's more romance. How is he treating me? Is he bringing me flowers? Is he smart? Is he, you know, can he provide? He could maybe, you know, as I see the women in the 20s are more interested in the hot guy. And then they say, oh, well, I've just been dating bad boys because the really, really good looking guys get women thrown at them all the time. And so they tend to be more the heartbreakers. And then as the women, I notice they get start getting older because I've been doing this for you know almost 20 years. And as they get into the 30s and then 40s, they're like, well, I, OK, I'm, I, he doesn't have to be that hot. And he, you know, I just want a nice guy because I've been dating guys who've been cheating on me or narcissists or so I just want a good guy, honest, with a sense of humor. If he had, you know, hair and all his teeth, that would be great. Or, <laughs> But they're not as, you know, worried about the looks. Whereas the guys, even when they get older, they're still, because they don't feel like they've aged, at, you know, inside of us. We don't feel, we still feel 25, 35, whatever. So they still think, well, I'll still date younger. Now I don't take a guy, if a guy is 60 and he says, I want to date 30 year olds, we're not signing them up. It's just not, not um, feasible, but um, you know, 10 years younger or something that that's all right. It does get me, sometimes I do get like, you know, I feel upset about it. It's like, why do the women have to date 10 or 20 years older? The guys won't, wouldn't do that. You know, that's not fair. (laughs) I get upset that I've got to work with the dynamic that, that I've got. And um, yeah, I like working with them just because, you know, they're at a great place in their life and um, they're serious about it. And maybe they've already done the kid thing and stuff and they're retired and they just want to travel and have a, you know, wonderful travel companion and a great life. And it's just, um, it's really nice. And especially if somebody's lost their partner to an illness or had hurt divorce, I love being able to help them find love again. Mm-hmm. What about when you're dealing with these men who are successful, obviously, if they can afford you, um, do you find that it's more of a, they're approaching it from a business mindset that they just want something that's efficient. They want, like you said, the work done for them. And how can that parlay into just the average person who's looking for love? What Are there some nuggets of wisdom that you can share that you've learned over the years of 
okay, here's here's why this works for these men because it's mm-hmm. we come at it from maybe a formulaic point of the equation versus let's just see who I meet and see how I feel. There's more of a, a, a purpose or a like a goal setting kind of a thing. And is there a way that that some of the techniques or the methodologies that you use in your matchmaking business can help people who can't afford to do that or who aren't a woman who's a 30-year-old, 15 <laughs> on a scale from one to 10. Uh, well, uh, we do we do take women even into the early 60s, right? You know, because it's we have all really, um, so if you're a woman out there, you know, you can contact me and be in the database. Um, so yeah, the, the guys, uh, we do have to tell them sometimes this isn't because they'll come at it at the dating like business. And we're like, this isn't business. You know, if somebody doesn't call them back right away, it's like, well, women have, you know, maybe they've got kids, they've got a job they've got. So please give them 48 hours. We kind of have to train them because they're like, well, this is, you know, I hired you and this, you should be doing this, this, and this. So we, we kind of have to shift them into like, let's separate it from business because they're like these are guys who are really good in business but sometimes not so good with dating or or um relationships so we get them help there and and yeah we are a specialty service we're not for everybody so it's kind of like we're a luxury service like some people can afford somebody to clean their house or detail their car or whatever so we we do but um there's you know online services there are lower end um dating services introduction services um you know, I think getting some coaching and getting ready and knowing, are you know, do you have anything to clear out emotionally? Are you over your ex? Are you still bitter? Um, doing some law of attraction stuff. What frequency are you at? Are you really ready? Some people get burned out and bitter from dating online. Like they'll go on a hundred coffee dates and then just like, ah, you know, and it's just that it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. So you want to make sure your mindset is right and happy and having fun. Um, and, uh, and know what, you know, get, get, you can get a professional to write your bio, your online profile too. You got it. And getting good pictures, the pictures that I see people send me or the pictures I see online are sometimes so, and the people are attractive people, but the, the angles or the glasses or hats or side views or, you know, other people in them, it's, they're just not good. And I always offer this. If anybody wants to um, go to my website, it's marlamartinson.com and you can contact me there and send me your photos and I'll for free take a look at them and, and, uh, you know, give you my opinion or help you out with it. I love doing that. So I'm happy to do that. So do, are you finding that it, I know you're segmented with the business that you're in, but are you finding that most people are utilizing online dating now? And that's yes, how they're, I mean, they're finding lot. their partners. And, yeah. and I've heard from, from young people that are in their, twenties and thirties that they think that it's a good idea because it does clear up a lot of the uh, wants and and goals and all of that. Like if somebody's not interested in dating a person with children, mm-hmm. then right, okay, let's weed that out up front. If somebody, like you said, is looking for a partner in a certain religion or mm-hmm. in a certain geographic location, that helps with that too. Are you finding that that's really where our society has gone in, in how dating is happening for the most part? Do you have any percentages that you can 
I don't have percentages, but I know that people are, a lot of people now, they're working from home. We've got this traffic now. Los Angeles is hard because it's so big. And I'll have a guy who lives in Santa Monica who won't date a girl in Hollywood because it's, too, oh, it's too, with traffic, it could take me an hour and a half. It's, it, and that Hollywood to Santa Monica is not far, but the traffic's gotten so bad that people are saying they want to stick in their area. Well, that's pretty challenging for me because not only does, you know, she's got to be a certain age range uh, and then all of his criteria, uh, plus live in that area. And, you know, so it gets, it gets, but, you know, that's what I'm paid for, right? <laughs> so I do that, but, but it's this geographic thing has gotten tough. Now, one thing that people can do that, that I think is great is uh, set up a FaceTime or a Skype video chat as a date. If you're in another, it's like rush hour, whatever you want to have a drink, pour yourself a glass of wine, put on something cute and do a little video date and see if you even want to take it to the next step or go or fly to another city after that or drive, you know, two hours because it does get frustrating. You know, if the guy has to drive sent from San Diego to orange County or LA, it could take two or three hours and then it wasn't a fit. And then it's like, Oh, it took me six hours round trip just to go on this date. And this woman wasn't my type or something. So I do encourage, you know, video chats now and stuff. We have really, it has changed with, with the traffic, with the, people not, you know, people working at home or the different jobs people have now. It's not like it used to be easy to meet someone at work or have a friend introduce you. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing. They've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer for just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them, and so will you. The other thing that I'm noticing is that there, there's. it seems to me that there's a lot of dating by text. Yeah. That, and I hear I'm a sorority advisor for one of the sororities at the University of Alabama, and there's 450 girls in the sorority wow. and, I, and I hear from my girls that they want to go out on a date, but the guy that they meet just wants to text with them and, and not necessarily get together and have a conversation. And to me, that's a red flag that right. maybe he's that like that movie, he's just really not that much into you or just really not into you. But I think too, that there's, that's changing. And, and are you finding that that's the case too, that you're seeing there's more communication online instead of in online or via phone than there is in person as far as talking? I oh, find, yeah. I hear my girls complain about guys that they're dating, and maybe this is just college guys, that they don't necessarily want to get together and have a conversation. They want to have a conversation via text, and it's all one, two, three sentence communications. 
Yeah. So are you finding any of that? Yeah, people will will do that. Now, um, one thing is people, most people won't pick up their phone anymore. So, you know, or to have a conversation or somebody's busy. So now I tell the, tell the man, I give the man her phone number and her his, I said, program his number into your phone. So, you know, it's him when he contacts you, then I tell him to give her a text, introduce yourself and ask her when's a good time to talk. And you have to set up a, 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 an appointment, a date to talk. And then, or I'll say, forget that. Let me just set up a date and you guys show up. Because uh, people will just be doing phone tag or text tag. So I have to really get them focused and, you know, say, I know you guys are busy, but offer three nights that you're available. Which ones are you? You got to make, because sometimes it'll go back and forth. Oh, how are you? Fine. What? Oh, a long day. It's like, no, you know, I, I can't wait to meet you. Are you free Friday, Saturday or Sunday? Oh, at, you know, okay, great. Lock yep. it down. And then the women need to train the guys not to do that. So, so don't engage in it. Say, you know what? Um, I'm really excited to get to know you. Uh, I'm available, you know, at five, six or seven to get on a phone call or meet you at Starbucks for a coffee. But if you keep engaging like that, then the guy's going to say, oh, send me a picture of you. That they do that a lot, and then they want you to send pictures, and then the girl sends these goofy pictures of selfies with their lips puffed out like a duck or whatever, and then the guys are like, "Oh, forget it! I don't want to meet her. She looks crazy, or she's not my type." So those photos again, we think our photos look so great, but we don't see ourselves as other people do. It's so interesting. Like the photos people will send me, I'm like, I can't send these photos out to somebody. They're they're going to say no. It's not good. So. Get also even ha have a friend take their iPhone and take some really nice shots of you somewhere in front of a, some background or pay the hundred bucks for a professional to take some nice shots because it's really that first impression is so important. People will pick you based on a photo at first because if they like what they see, then they'll look at the rest, you know, the bio and do they have the rest of the things I'm looking for. So I would see a lot of people missing out on the right person because of some bad photos, which is a shame and frustrating, but I see that too. Well, and I, I find that it, people look at other people's social media as well yes, as not yeah. just the dating sites. They'll see somebody on a dating site and then they'll go check out their Instagram or their Facebook yes. and, and check all that out. And, and with that having been said, what are your suggestions for people who are looking to meet someone special? What do you suggest they do as far as their social media? Is there, are there pointers that you can give us as far as, have this on there, but don't put this kind of stuff on there or anything yeah, along like those lines? Some people leave pictures up with their ex or something. They're, you know, looks like they still have a boyfriend or looks like they're out every night partying and drinking. You know, they'll put up all these, these uh, pictures um, or guys uh, who have all practically all women friends on Facebook. I'll notice a woman will say, he has all women. What is he, a player? Or Yeah, so you want to keep that in mind. Just like if you're going for some top job, maybe a government job or something important, you got to be careful what you post on social media, right? Because they're going to go look at it and say, oh my God, this person is, you know, into devil worshiping or, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever they're going to see, or, you know, like all the shots of a woman are all just cleavage, you know, the only thing covered is her nipples, you know, it's like, whatever, you just got to be, we, now we have to be so careful what we're putting out there. It's unfortunate that everything's monitored and um, we just have to be a little bit more careful. 
And sometimes you can't, they say once it's out there, you can't get it back. Right. You think you're taking it down, but it's still available. Yeah. And it, it's still out there. Have you had any people who've gotten married? Oh, that yes. Put together? Yeah. And Hundreds. tell us about that. Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah Hundreds. because when I was at the matchmaking service, we had a lot of clients. So there was a time when I had like 170 clients at a time. I mean, we had a lot. So every year we had many, many people getting married. Um, now at, with my own service, we keep about a dozen guys at a time. So it's less, but yeah, we've got the cu- couple in uh, that I just mentioned, the guy in Philadelphia they're dating. We have about four couples in relationships right now. We had a guy uh, back uh Midwest get married. Um, so yeah. And then what I love too, is when they get married and then, you know, like a couple of years later, I get a little picture of a baby in my inbox, you know, in my email and get to see that. And then they send me their friends, which is great. Um, so it, and it depends, like people will say, well, what's your success rate? You know, and, and it really depends on the person. So if somebody comes to me and expects, well, I'm paying you, so you better find me Heidi Klum, or, you know, they're very, very stringent and, and very picky and turn down a lot of people and all of that and don't want to do any work on themselves, they're probably not going to get into a relationship. But somebody who, you know, trusts me on who I suggest, gets a little coaching, get you know, is really serious, then they'll most likely get into a great relationship. So it's a two, it's like a co-creation. It's, I can't, I'm not a, I always say I'm not a magician. I'm, I'm a matchmaker. So, um, you know, you've got to, got, we have to do some work as well. Um, it's the single, you've got to do that. Do you find that when the marriages result from you putting a couple together that they have a, a different success rate than just a random marriage? Uh, well, we have had, yeah, because well, you <laughs> looked uh, at really what they have in common, what yeah. their interests are, and things like that. And how important is that as as those of us who are out there that are dating that can't afford a matchmaking service, but they're dating and maybe they're meeting somebody online, and you know they think, okay, I'm just gonna feel how it feels to be with them. Well, great. Well, how important are those similarities and similar interests and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, first of all, we have had people get married and then get divorced and then come back and sign up again. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 a it's it's just like in real life, there's a probably a 50% divorce rate, you know, it's it it happens as well. Um as far as similar similar I think more similar values uh, kind of lifestyles is more important. You don't have to have every hobby the same. You know, my husband loves soccer and this and that. And I love, you know, uh, working with my crystals and tarot cards or whatever he doesn't. And he's not into that. So we have our own interests, but then there's things you do want to have some common things. You know, if you both like to travel or you both like art or you both like, uh, wine tasting, you've got to have a few things that you want to do together, but you don't have to, I, I think it's, I like going off with my girlfriends to go to a, you know, um, a spiritual workshop or, or an event or something. And then he goes and does something with his friends. Um, I think that's healthy. You don't want to have to do every single thing the same, but you know, things like we'll weed through a lot of guys will say they're allergic to cats. Now I wonder if they just don't like cats or they're using that allergic (laughs) thing to rule them out, but I'll hear that a lot allergic to cats. So um, I'll have to screen that out, you know, no, the girl doesn't have a cat, but you know, so things like that, but you can be your own matchmaker. Um, people can, can really just, um, 
you know, look for those things online or question. You have to know my friend, Susan Allen, who's a wonderful coach. She says, it's about finessing the conversation. So you want to have that first conversation where you're getting that information, like, you know, so Bob, you know, I, I know that, you know, you're a high uh, level attorney and the hour, you know, the hours must really be, it must have been hard for you to date and to fit that in, you know, or things that you want to know, you can ask in a way that you're getting that information or, you know, like, gosh, I know divorce is tough and you've got two little kids. I mean, I can, I can imagine, you know, that could, could be stressful or so then you kind of open it up instead of just saying, so why'd you get a divorce? Or, you know, tell me about, you want to finesse it uh, in a certain way and you can find these things out. Um, that's what dating's for the conversation. Um, one little thing I like to tell people that I see people keep doing is um, that thing about the ex, like they'll come right out. Well, what didn't work about your last relationships or tell me about your ex. And then the person goes on for half an hour or an hour. And then the other person says, oh, well, they're not over their ex or they're bitter. Well, and then the, I said, well, why did you do that? And they say, well, they asked. So you kind of have to know how to smooth, you know, kind of smooth by it there and just have your 60 second answer and then move on to something interesting like, well, where do you, what's on, what places are on your bucket list to visit or what's your favorite wine or what books do you read? So it's more about discovering their interests and fun topics than talking about their dating disasters or a divorce or what medication they're on or whatever, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> what their last surgery was. Or, that's what like my mom, she lives in a, you know, 55 plus community where most people are like 70s and 80s and 90s and they'll have these community dinners and stuff and everybody will start talking about their surgeries and medications and and she, my mom's like not at the table you know I don't want to hear about anybody's surgeries or illnesses <laughs> at any time so I have a friend whose dad is deceased now but he used to call that he used to say when you get a bunch of old people together and they're talking about all their aches and pains he said it's like a, he called it the organ recital they're all talking about their <laughs> yes. organs which i thought was hilarious so back to advice for people who are listening that are just hard working average people that don't have millions and can't afford your services, what are the top two or three things that you would recommend to them if they're, if they're looking for love and looking for a partner? How, yeah. what are, what are the top, so let's say top three things, A, B, C, D, that you would recommend that they do sure. in order to help them find love? Well, and most people are just average, you know, most, it's not, everybody's not a rich and famous or a model. I mean, it's a very small amount. So, so, you know, just the average Joe's like all of us, we're all getting in relationships and out there dating and having a great life. So I don't want anybody to think, oh, I have to be this or that. No, absolutely not. All sizes, all shapes, all heights, all ages are finding love. And I think that a big thing is self-love, love yourself, do that self-work worth. If you um, don't feel that you're you're worthy of being loved or having somebody that's going to um, translate into that frequency and keep people away. So everybody, I mean, just just look around, go to the mall, go to the DMV and see there's people of all, you know, all types. Every, it doesn't matter, um, uh, you know, what kind of person you are. Um, you're human. You've got a heart. You've got a soul. Um, you can find a soulmate. And uh, yeah, be out there. Let people know you're looking. Speed dating events. Those aren't expensive. You can see if there's any of those in your What's Town. that? 
What's oh, a speed dating Oh, speed event? dating. I always wanted to try that when I was single, but way back 20 years ago, they all they had when I was in Chicago were Jewish speed dating events, and I wasn't Jewish, so I never got to try it. But I know people who hold them, and that's where you'll pay. Maybe you'll pay $25 or whatever, and you show up, and they've got, let's say they've got 20 men and 20 women around the same age group, and then you each get five minutes. Of, you know, they'll, I'll say all the women will be sitting in a row at chairs, and then the men will go from woman to woman or whatever, rotate and you get five minutes with each person. After you've talked to each person, at the end, they write down the name they want of the person they want to see again or get to know more. And if both people had wrote, written each other's names, then that the head of it will put them together or connect them. And I always thought that sounded like a lot of fun. Um, you know, going to some mixers. But when you go to these things, don't... Um, be aware of your energy. Are you thinking, okay, I want to, I'm here to meet my soulmate and, and scrutinizing everybody as that. I would say just your general energy when you're out there dating, you're meeting a new person. Um, be generally interested in them um, and just have a good time. And that's when it's, you're going to be more relaxed. And if he, that person's not right for you, maybe one of your girlfriends is, or maybe their friend, you just, it, I don't think there's any downside in meeting new people, if you have the time to get out there and, and do it, uh, you could even meet, get a new job. I mean, I, I knew a girl in my apartment building years ago. I matched her with a guy. They didn't turn out as love interests, but he got her this great job. And she, one day she was, she had always been a struggling like actress with no money. One day she's pulling out of her parking space in a brand new Mercedes. I'm like, Monica, what's, what, what's going on? She goes, Oh, you know, that guy you matched me with, we didn't, um, have a love connection, but he got me this great job. I just ordered this Mercedes from Germany. It just came off the boat. Like she was like, you know, thrilled. So um, you never know what could happen. <laughs> That's right. And, and I find too, that when you meet somebody new, if you ask them questions and get them talking about themselves, especially yes. in that first couple of times, and be genuinely interested. I mean, don't do it as a ploy, but be genuinely interested. That a lot of the time, that person will feel like you are just so fabulous. And you think, I didn't really even talk about myself, but you were interested in them. And I yeah. find that we all, we all want somebody interested in us. That's why we all long to be loved, because we want somebody that values us and is interested in us. And we can do that. Along the lines of soulmates, do you think everybody has just one soulmate? No, I don't. I think we uh, travel in soul groups and uh, there's people from maybe from past lives that were, you know, uh, in a relationship with again. I mean, think about it. If, if you moved, like I've been married three times, <laughs> if I would was single now and I moved to New York or to uh, Europe or London or uh, Mexico or wherever, I'm sure there'd be some guys there that I'd love to go out with or that I'd get in a relationship or marry. Just, just think of how many partners are all around the world that would be a great fit um, that we'll never get to meet. And so I don't, I, I think that soulmate thing, people get a little bit too, um, uh, hooked up on, I think instead of thinking I have to find my soulmate, think of, I, I want to find a great partner. I want to find a best friend. I want to find a really good connection. And, um, I think our spirit guides and angels will bring people together again and they come around in our, um, life and my pets, you know, my Macy, she's my, one of my soulmates too, <laughs> our, our animals. So, um, yeah, I agree. I don't think, I think that everybody that's in our in our orbit 
our family, our friends, we're all soulmates with them. Mm -hmm. I think there are such things as romantic soulmates, but I don't believe that there's just one for every person. Wouldn't that be awful? Gosh, you get one shot or you never meet them or they die early or something happens. My God, that would be so tragic. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of angels and spirit guides helping with the dating equation, what do you recommend Along those lines, do you do you tap into people's angels and spirit guides when you're matchmaking them and have a conversation with them or get get information from them or guidance from them about matching certain people together? Or do you feel that it's just an intuitive thing that comes into your head and you think, oh, I need to match Mary with Bob or. Yeah, I don't. When I'm matchmaking, I don't tap into to any of that. To, it's it's for me there. I have to get all the the. Uh, basic shallow stuff up front first is he going to like her looks is she the right age range does she want kids or does she not want kids is she jewish or is she a republican or is she you know in los angeles or i have to get so many sometimes there's even 10 things i have to line up that fit just around location and you know age range and sometimes a guy oh i really just love brunettes or whatever so you want to get there that you know kind of Sometimes I feel like I'm Dr. Frankenstein building this woman, but, (laughs) but you know, there's all that. So first I got to get that. And then when I say, okay, oh, I have five ladies that would all fit this parameter now, then I'll look in, okay, um, he's got horses. Oh my God. She loves horses or she has a horse or, you know, I'll, I'll look and, oh, he wants somebody who will enjoy a nice glass of wine. So, oh my God, she's a sommelier or she loves wine too. So I get into those details after I get the, the basics. First, and then I got to look at lifestyle and would they be a good fit this way or that way. Um, so I don't, it's like, I can't really now once in a while, one time I did get this hit. I met this, I met this, this new guy joined and I was like, Oh my God, I know exactly who, who is right for you. And it was this woman and I put them together and they did get married. And, and, and it was, that one was just, I just knew it. Um, but usually it's a lot more you know, work going through details. Marco, it's like you have an algorithm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my algorithm in my brain. I'm in. like, I know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got an algorithm in your plane. But brain. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It is so much fun um, and challenging, but, but it's very unique job and rewarding. I bet. Well, as we're heading into the holidays, we all want to have somebody special to share the holidays yeah. with and, and um, do you have any suggestions along those lines, how, how we can meet someone if we're looking for a partner, or is there something that you find that is kind of different about the holidays than other times of the year? Because there's, there's always a special feeling at the holidays. I know some people suffer because they're lonely at the holidays, but, but, but do you find on the opposite end of the spectrum that there's perhaps something that is love is in the air or something along those lines during the holidays? Do you have any suggestions along those lines? I think it has a certain kind of energy to it because so many people are hoping to meet somebody. Um, So I would say, um, and then a lot of people will with me, it's a slow time of year because so many of my clients are traveling. It seems like everybody's traveling right now. A couple of them have the flu, you know, <laughs> so it's like it's cold out there and certain parts of the, um, you know, country. But 
uh, yeah, get out there. Like, like for me, I'm going to three holiday parties already. I've got lined up that I've been invited to tonight. I'm going to a book signing. I mean, I'm not single, but if I was, this is, this is a great way, uh, to, to meet people out there, go to a lecture, go to a, and for ladies, think of some things, where do guys like to go? Um, if you like sports, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys there, different, different things that I'm probably like a, well, yoga now guys, if you wanted to, if you want a nice, you know, calm, spiritual girl, go to some of these sound baths or yoga or breathwork classes, or, you know, they're just filled with women and, uh, women who are care about their bodies and who are, you know, kind of aware and, and, uh, interesting. Um, so there's kind of think about, you can kind of strategically think about, okay, where do I think the type of person that I'm going to want to meet might be and, uh, align yourself like that. Now there's a, a website called meetup, dot com and uh they've got it all over the united states and you can go on meetup and they have uh not only singles events that you could go to but maybe they've got a hiking group or if you want to learn french or going to, to wine tastings or um meditation and when you're going to to something you're interested in like that there's going to be other like-minded people there um so mm-hmm. i think meetup groups are great well, what I keep hearing from you is get out of your house and yeah. go do stuff, yeah. which I think is going to be fun, not only to meet a potential partner, but also just to meet all kinds of people. And you just don't know what kind of opportunities are going to arise, like your girlfriend that that went out on a date with this guy, but it wasn't right for the romantic side of the equation, but he helped her get a job. And yeah, and, and, and one thing, a little challenge I like to tell people to do is if they're online, if they're on Tinder or those swiping ones or whatever, um, if let's say you're going on four or five, six dates a month, uh, 10% or maybe one or two a month, pick somebody pick somebody that you wouldn't usually go out with somebody shorter than, than usual, somebody that maybe is not your type and just go to coffee with them because you might be pleasantly surprised it's going to open up the energetic channels there to, to, to the universe is going to see, Oh, she's really serious. She's open. That's a great see? idea. Yeah. All right. Well, in closing, how can people find you and learn uh, more yes. about your work? My website is my name, Marla Martinson, M A R L A M A R T E N S O N.com. And everything's there. My coaching, my books, my matchmaking radio show, everything. So, so if somebody, me? if somebody can't afford to do the matchmaking thing, but they'd like to hire you as a coach. Yes. I've got some options that there. there. Sure. And, and on your, your podcast, you talk about tips for meeting people and it's called dating the mystical, and all it's that. called the mystical matchmaker and I cover a variety of topics all about dating relationships love magic everything wonderful and I'll have all this information in the show notes too so Marla thank you so much it's been really enlightening and so fun to get the opportunity to talk to you and hear from a professional who's putting people together in the love area and and being so successful Thank you, Julie. Thanks. (laughs) And what a treat to have you on the show. And everybody, we'll do a live show next week. And until then, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye now. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan. And like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com.
This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.